Connection podcast with Joe Murphy and Mike Stover. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Connection podcast. My name is Joe Murphy. I'm here with Mike Stover. What is going on? What's up, everybody? We have a special guest in the house. What's up, Kevin? How's it going? Um, can you just give us a little introduction about yourself, um, just some background information while we get started here? Yep. So my name is Kevin Metzger. Um, I've been working at CDM Electronics for about seven years now. Uh, back in 2015 as a parts puller. I started as a parts puller. You know, nothing too major. Um, a long time ago. <laughs> it feels like so yeah. many things have changed since I've been here. Um, just personally, um, you know, I didn't really have many responsibilities. Uh, I was going to school at the time. Um, not many people really know that. I was actually going to Wilmington University uh, for um, a degree in computer network security. Was that online or was that, uh, did you actually go? No, I went. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I I commuted, um, it's right in right across the bridge, Delaware. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I was, I was trying to get a major in computer network security with the idea that I was going to be going for, um, uh, computer forensics. So nice, but that didn't work out. (laughs) <laughs> so, well, so I was, like it did work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Um, so yeah, so I was, I came here, um, just kind of part time ish. Um, and I, you know, I, I liked it so much that I just, I kept going with it. And, you know, I, I found out that, you know, sc- the school, uh, wasn't for me. And, um, you know, since I liked it so much here, then they gave me a full time role and I was like, absolutely. Um, so I kind of just grew from that, um, learned as much as I could. And uh, ultimately came um, production assistant <clears throat> for uh, value add. So like cable assembly, I, I started pulling for uh, the cable department and um, ultimately went to production assistant. And now I am a operations assistant. Nice. So how did CDM electronics come on your radar? Like, how did you find out about this company? And then when did you decide to apply? So um, I actually did not apply. Uh, my mom worked here. And, um, since I just needed something kind of part-time, uh, she, she was like, Hey, you know what, you know, they're looking for someone here. Um, so I kind of came in when she was working here, it's kind of, you kind of see that theme a lot with, you know, we get a lot of friend, we're a family atmosphere here. So you kind of see that a lot with, um, you know, a lot of people have, you know, their, their nephews and their, and their friends come and work here and we find a role for them right away. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so as far, I know you've been here for a while. So as, as far as CDM goes, what is the biggest change you've seen in our industry since the start of your, I guess, through the all the transition of your roles? Specifically, I don't really have an answer for you. Um, I, I wasn't really too privy with, with what was going on kind of on the outside world as far as like the electronics industry as a whole. Um, all I really can tell you is I, I've, I've seen – a wide variety of things being built here um, and different industries that we've gone into. Uh, I don't really know like how to answer the, the change aspect of that. Um, but I, I know that CDM is, is very adaptive and uh, willing to get into those other businesses. What do you think is like the, um, the biggest improvement you've seen? Obviously the company's grown since 2015. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would like to elaborate on? So the biggest thing probably I can think of is just CDM is so welcoming of promoting within, not necessarily just for myself, but for others as well. 
So we've had a, a few people kind of, you know, climb the ranks in um, their roles. And I, I think the opportunity is great since it's, you know, a private small business uh, for anybody coming in to, to learn and grow with CDM. It's, it's nice to have uh, an owner be willing to, to let our jobs become easier in a way. So like equipment, you know, there's no issue with getting equipment in there to make the jobs easier. Um, and he's always willing to, to help us out there. I know that for a fact, probably the biggest improvement change we've had here was that we added a machine shop. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, I can't really speak too much of the specifics on that, but we've gotten some really amazing machinery uh, next door at 110. Um, that's significantly improved our capabilities as a manufacturer. So, um, what are some of the benefits as far as having a machine shop from my experience, um, you know, not having to go out to another supplier to get something done. Um, so you're doing it all in, internally. I think that's a, it's a huge asset to have as a, as a manufacturing facility. Um, and I know others will feel the same way, you know, just being able to build tooling yourself, same basic principle. You don't really have to go out and reach out and, and waste time. You know, we have the capabilities of doing that here. So it saves, you know, time and money. And I think it's a, it's a really nice thing that our customers are looking at and be like, okay, they can build this themselves. Uh, they can build the tooling themselves. And then, you know, we can handle everything from there. It's awesome. I know you probably have a lot of stories to tell as far as this goes, but without naming any names, what was one of the biggest challenges you've solved in manufacturing for a customer? Oh, yeah, there's been a lot. Um, sure. <laughs> there's still some going on now. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wrap my head around. That's why we um, have you here, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the pro- one of the, I don't know if it's the biggest, but one of the biggest uh, that we've had to do is just, we had to do this box build. We built one like we, we were supposed to do. We, you know, we build one uh, start to finish, generate an instruction and a plan. Uh, and then, you know, you, you continue with the production. Um, these things were on such a time crunch that we almost had to throw everybody on it. Um, and so it, it was kind of like, let's just, all right, we're, we have to stop everything else. We have to get this done. And um, I put some time in myself in actually building these. Um, and so did a couple other people that don't typically do that. Uh, and, you know, we, we together, we all, you know, obviously ultimately we accomplished the goal in, in shipping these, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun, fun project to solve. Um, you know, we came in and we, we did, did parts of the project from, you know, this time until this time. And then we went back to our normal duties. Um, but I think that one was probably the biggest without getting into anything like too specific. I I think it's really neat how, like you were saying, when you first started here, you were in different positions Mm -hmm. as you worked your way up the ladder here, but it almost puts you and the company in a position to win to where if there is an issue where you guys, as far as the upper management goes, are all well, very well-rounded and equipped enough to hands-on be able to hop in and get the job done where needed. Yes, I, I definitely gotten some experience from from doing that, mainly as a production assistant. Um, my whole my whole mo out there is just to you know kind of set everybody up for success, so that we don't have to worry about you know uh, I'm not putting too much on you. 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take part of my day to, to help you guys out so that we can just do it together. And I think that helps a lot, but I also think it helps a lot that everybody's willing to, you know, go the extra mile for you. Like I said, I started as a parts puller and there's, you know, operation is mainly composed of the production personnel who build the assemblies. I didn't start building anything. I think I, I may have done a couple of small kit jobs, if you will. So you just put a bunch of cables and parts into a, a bag and you seal it up and then you send that out. Nothing too major early on, but as I, as I grew, um, I ultimately I, I almost forced myself to, to learning certain things to help people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and part of that was, you know, aspects of the builds themselves. Yeah. Um, getting back to the uh, the box build mm-hmm. project that you had, um, how, how many, just out of curiosity, how many did you guys have to uh, put together? I think there was 200 of them. Wow. Uh, and it doesn't really sound like a lot. I mean, we built way more, we built more cables than that. Right. We right. built thousands of cables before. There was, there was one job where we built uh, 3,000 assemblies. Mm. I mean, there were RF assemblies, so it's not like anything major, but it was still a large quantity. Yeah. Uh, but this this particular build, it took so long to get it from start to finish because there were so many different stages. I think that was probably the, the biggest thing. Wow. I know we talked about obstacles or challenges on like a crazy time that's going on, like mm-hmm. you said right now. <laughs> but when that's not happening on just a normal daily basis, what is your routine like as far as your role goes? When you come into work, what does your day kind of look like? Well, I haven't really had that as uh, since this new role has, has come to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good thing. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> um, it's, it's obviously, yes, it's obviously a good thing that, um, you know, CDM is busy. We want to keep the orders rolling in so that we can obviously build them out and ship them out. You don't really ever want to come to a time where you're not building anything. But if you, if let's just say, you know, we get to that point where it's like, oh, you know, we're not screaming for everything. My routine would be you come in, you know, we have this work in progress report that comes out at the beginning of each day. You take a look at that with a coffee (laughs) and then um, (laughs) you, um, you roll down and you, you check the dates of everything. You plan what's going to be happening that next week or so with each operator taking a look at, you know, when they're going to be here, are they going to be here? Are they going to be able to do it? Are they even able to do this job? Cause we have all different skill sets on the floor. So that's a, that's a big factor. And then probably the next thing would be check in on every, everybody. Um, I think it's important as far as my responsibility to just talk to every operator in the beginning of the day. I think that 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 helps them not only understand that you're you're watching what jobs are doing and you care about what jobs are doing, but also, you know, that you're there if you need, if they need you. So, I try to make that a part of my day. Of course, lunchtime is a is a nice part of the day. <laughs> yeah. <always> nice. <laughs> um, you got to take got to take the break, man. So yeah, I usually have I, have I usually have a coffee when I come in open the whip up, take a look at all that. People are rolling in, asking questions, uh, have, have small issues, you know, try to resolve them in a timely manner while also trying to get my work done during those days where we probably aren't going to be busy, which like I said, haven't had any of them yet, but, um, hopefully on the horizon, <laughs> um, I'll be answering sales questions, you know, Hey, when are we going to be able to get this job done? Uh, can we pull this in? Stuff like that. I do RMAs, which are return material authorizations. So I'll, I'll give the salesperson the, the RMA number. That's for a def, uh, defective product. 
So like if we send something out that, you know, oh, the label is upside down. They are like, oh, okay, we need an RMA. So I give them that. Then they ship it back. Then when it does come back, we'll resolve it and ship it back out. So uh, that's part of my day. Usually around 10 o'clock, I have another coffee. <laughs> Got to re, re up on that. <laughs> I'm up to two. I know. Let's, yeah. let's not make it three. Yeah, please. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, and then you know, lunch rolls around, and you, you enjoy that. And then usually the afternoon is um, when we really kind of focus in and, and pace up on the shipment, all the shipments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as a production assistant, my previous role that was my main responsibility was just you know make sure we get all this stuff out of here. But now it's more just kind of making sure that those things go out, um, just having an extra set of eyes on it. Uh, communication in between the quality department, the test department, and sales, just making sure everything's going smoothly. If they have any questions, try to resolve them for them. All little things, but they do add up to be a lot. I'm sure. I've actually experienced seeing you in action back there a couple, <laughs> quite a few times. and. Uh, I'm impressed, man, every time. I mean, you're a rock star back there, seriously. It's a lot, but... You know, it keeps me honest. It keeps me busy, and uh, I'm glad to do it. Yeah, um, cool. and it's it's fun. That's awesome, man. I guess besides the machine shop capabilities, mm-hmm. what do you think is the biggest production capability that CDM has to offer that you want people to know about? I think that CDM is pretty versatile with their cable set. Like just speaking cable assembly, because that's kind of where I'm, um, my limitations are. We have a lot of versatilities. Um, mainly, our bread and butter is. RF assemblies, obviously, but we can build, I think we can build anything, mm-hmm. um, any kind of cable assembly. I think we can handle, there could be molded assemblies that we can take care of any kind of circular connector installed RF assemblies. Obviously when we build these, these harness cables on a four foot by 10 foot board that we have these sheets that you run cables to different areas and then you connectorize everything. We do a lot of that. Something that might not necessarily, you might not necessarily have space to do that on your actual workstation. So we take it to the other building and we, we run everything on a, on a table, on a uh, harness board, we call it. And, um, they go to the locations. You have a blueprint on the, on the table. They go to all the wires, go to locations and you can either take that off, build it at your station, or you can build it on the harness board itself. So we do a lot of that. Cool, man. We also heard you're a Philadelphia sports fan, huh? Oh. Huge, <laughs> huge. Let's huge. open the book. <laughs> so there's a lot to, to share about this. Um, <laughs> so much. Yep. So obviously, you know, the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. We'll just start there. I don't remember where I was in 2007 when they made the playoffs that for, you know, 13-year drought, 14-year <laughs> drought. But I remember in 2008, I was in high school. Uh, I was only 14. My mom was in a bowling league. It was a Wednesday night random Wednesday night and we were just, she had bowling night and we went to the, you know, the bowling alley and everybody was at this really tiny and it was 2008. So like they didn't really have too much then everybody had this tiny screen in the, in the middle of the bowling alley that everybody was just huddled up and looking at. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, they, they, you know, they won the game obviously. And my cousin, I remember jumping up randomly. My cousin caught me and, um, that was that was crazy. Did you go to the uh, parade? I did not. I wanted to. Oh, yeah. My mom did not let me. Oh, uh, wow. So wow. I, I did get to stay home from school. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, I watched it on TV. Uh-huh. Obviously, I watched Chase Utley, his famous speech. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I'm oh, sure yes. you remember what he said. Oh, of course. Uh, I don't know if we can repeat it <laughs> nope. on, on this podcast, but <laughs> it's it's a world famous. Uh, well, maybe not world famous, but it's it's famous in this area for sure. So. Yep. Uh, so I enjoyed that. He's obviously, you know, one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the the next few years they've they've enjoyed you know postseason births, and now here we are, where we're. Uh, Fighting for a, birth, a postseason berth, ten years in the making. Trying to get back into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, man. I was just at the game last night and trying to bring all the good luck to to Philadelphia. But uh. so that's the Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> and now you get to the Eagles. I remember the Super Bowl in two thousand four when I was ten. I cried when they lost. I did too. Um, <laughs> I was very upset by that. Yeah, I agree. Um, they 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 had a. I remember going to my uncle's house and they just had the, the amazing teams from two thousand to two thousand and and five and it was that was um it was really fun we, you know we just went over to my uncle's house every sunday pretty much just had a huge cookout did that and then recently uh kind of fell off the years from from following them from like maybe 06 until about 2009 2010 we had um michael vick and deshaun jackson mm-hmm. we all remember that game where they, yep. he walked off um with the punt that was crazy and then um uh, more recent years, obviously, you know, have the Super Bowl, 2017, where uh, I had my first daughter. She was two months old when oh. when they won that. I'm married. I have two girls. Um, That's awesome. Um, and that whole season was just extraordinarily special. After Jake Elliott kicked the the 61 yarder against the Giants, we started stacking these. That year, the, uh, Bud Light had a a special Eagles can. Mm-hmm. So they were fully green. It was really cool. Uh, it was a special that year. So we, we started stacking those cans in my dad's basement. And uh, every, after that win, and it got almost up to the ceiling because they had so many wins that year. And then they obviously won the Super Bowl. And uh, the last couple of years have been okay. Um, but, you know, yeah. just... Like I just love watching them. I love watching them in the Phillies. Yeah, it's it's hard to miss an Eagles game. Um, yeah, it's like they're at this point climbing the ladder back up to try to get there again. So only time will tell. If you're looking for something that's um, affordable overall, I would say <laughs> Phillies games are, are great to go to, especially with the nice weather. And also for this year, at least, you can probably um, get Flyers tickets for next to nothing. They (laughs) they actually might have to pay us to go to games. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's too funny. That's so wrong. (laughs) But uh, once again, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course, we'd love to have you back down the road. And once again, this is uh, Joe Murphy and Mike Stover with the Beyond a Connection podcast signing off. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. CDM's Beyond the Connection podcast is brought to you by our technical team here at our global headquarters in Turnersville, New Jersey.